All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here recording episode number 80 uh, on our Wednesday, eight, our Wednesday, February 8th, sorry. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about all of our awards winners on our on our award night. And then we'll also be uh, kind of prepping ourselves for the big Super Bowl as we got coming up here uh, this upcoming Sunday. So uh, we'll say hello to the fellas and then we'll kind of get into a little bit of the action here. So before we get started, uh, we'll say hello to Armand. Armand, uh, big tournament last weekend. You kind of gave us a bit of foreshadow of how you thought maybe it was going to go. How did how did basketball shake out for you there last weekend? Oh, it went really well. The tournament was a big success. All the teams loved it, want to come back. So that's awesome. We uh, we announced the starting uh, lineups for the first game of each team. So that was pretty hype. And the, the 2.30 game in front of the school um was was real hype the way it was announced and then the game went going and and the whole gym was a buzzing and we ended up getting second in the tournament we lost to to carlton in the final um but we closed the gap they had played us three other times this season one by 40 then 50 then 30 and at halftime it was tied and then in the third quarter we kind of got a little lazy in transition and uh they capitalized and built a 18 point lead. And then in the fourth quarter, we, we almost brought it back to within 10 in the final minute, but uh, a kid that does not shoot threes ever. I don't think I've ever seen him shoot a three in game shot a three and nailed it with a minute left when they were up by 12. So at that point I was like, ah, let's just dribble it out. Uh, we'll take the 15 point loss and call it a day. Still a lot of fun though, and obviously a lot of success. My I was talking to my principal there. Obviously, his boy plays in your team, and he was telling me a bit about the weekend. So I was pretty excited to hear that you guys uh, did well. So and Zach, how about yourself? What's been keeping you busy? Geez, I don't know if uh, I don't know if how you guys feel about uh, old wives' tales, but I am certainly starting to uh, buy the hype on the uh, the full moon and uh, what it does to some people. Let me tell you, this week has been a zoo in my classroom, and uh, I am looking forward to not seeing that full moon on the way to work in the morning <laughs> anymore. It's uh, It's been a real trip. Oh, man. I 100% am with you, Zach. Like, I had a gong show uh, this, like, late last week, early this week, just absolute gong show. And I was like, well, what the hell is going on, like? How could this be possible that literally a full disaster could happen every five minutes? And it's like, this is just the best day ever. And my wife's like, oh, it's full moon. Like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And this is the second time now being in an elementary, I've got like, what is happening today? Full moon vibes. So I'm with you there, Zach. I'll, I'll, I'll buy into the wise tale, especially for that one. Cause man, oh man, that's something else. And yeah. the longer I'm a teacher, the more I believe that old wives tale. Like it just seems like every time it's a bad day, Oh, and the full moon. Oh, it's tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's chalk this. Yeah, we up. were we were white knuckling it on Friday, and then coming back from the weekend on Monday was a tough one. And yesterday was a roller coaster, and today was was the same. So it's uh it's definitely got to be something. And I think uh, people like us in education, and a few of my friends that are nurses and work in group homes, they all say the same thing. It's it's like it's night and day, literally from a few days before and a few days after to, 
you know, the rest of the month or whatever is completely different. And the best part about that is he said, it's completely unexplainable too, or it's just like, this doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. Like, we're just <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get, um, we'll get dive into a little bit of content here, I guess. Uh, a couple of things we are, uh, I dropped it on the last episode there where uh, some of our top teams are sitting in our bracket challenge. And obviously at the conclusion of the Super Bowl, we'll have an official winner and we have two teams that can win that, but I think six teams that can possibly still win prizes. So that's an exciting finish for them. Uh, we also have our props bet challenge, which is coming out here right away. Um, I'm just concluding that and that will be dropped uh, within the, well, probably within either this evening uh, as we drop on Wednesday or it'll be out tomorrow on Thursday. I'll be posting a uh, thing up on our social medias. If you want to get after it and uh, get another opportunity to donate to charity and win some awesome prizes, uh, you'll be able to message us on social medias. We'll send you out the link and then you'll be able to answer the questions and, and you're, you're entered. Uh, and then we've obviously mentioned the Super Bowl as well too. So we're ready to go in the Super Bowl. We've got the party lined up, ready to go at Rock Road events here in Prince Albert. Uh, we've got our prizes lined up. We got uh, we got the food. We got everything ready to go. 50-50s, raffle tables, door prizes, uh, you name it. We're ready to go. Uh, it was a it was a gigantic success last year for us, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So we're really looking forward to do that again, and then uh, be able to tally at the end of the night what our grand total to uh, Jim Pattison Children's Hospital is. So but we're really excited. I know this is Zach's first go. He missed it last year, and Armin was there in full swing last year, so you got to witness him. We talked a little bit about how much fun it was last year so uh, I'm oh man this one. ever since the fantasy playoffs ended i've been looking forward to this night it's a great conclusion to the fantasy season for us as the as a podcast and i can't wait for it i got lots of buddies that are, are excited for it as well it's just a perfect way to wrap the season up kind of like armin said like we weren't sure what we were getting ourselves into last year we didn't know how many people were going to show up and at the end of the day whatever if we, even if it's just a handful of us we got some good food have some drinks and enjoy a good football game and some money goes charities and say Levy, but you know, it was awesome. We're, we're hoping to build off on that. Actually, even like my mom was like, Hey, I think we might come from Battleford and come watch the game and just drive home after. I was like, all right, if, if that's what you want to do, and rock on. That'd be awesome. Well, well, I mean, lots of people are asking, Oh, do I have to pre-order tickets to make sure I can get in? And so no, no, it's all on donation at the front door. So come on in, spend some money for charity and, and obviously watch a football game. Um, I guess we'll get into insiders and headliners. We've got one big one to announce, and then we'll get into our uh, fantasy award winners. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. Well, 34-year-old A.J. Green has officially called it a career uh, after having a phenomenal career and then a little bit of, you know, the, the latter half of his career here. What we see uh, that's more of that veteran presence uh, on that offense. It hasn't obviously been that explosive as we've seen in A.J. Green in years past. He's officially called it a career after 158 games, uh, 727 receptions, 10,514 yards and 70 touchdowns. A.J. Green finishes his career with just about 1,500 fantasy points. So uh, A.J. Green, I mean, if you played fantasy 
well, even, geez, even like five years ago, uh, he was first round, if not first round, he was later second round pick. Like I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about AJ Green and, all, and uh, Julio Jones and what we think of them now. And it's like, hey, everybody's making fun of old man, old man Julio that barely plays any snaps and AJ Green that can barely get up the field. But even if you rewind five years ago, it was, it was electric having them on your team because you just knew that they were at any moment could get you 40 points. And I, I still remember having Julio Jones on my roster and he got me 55 points. And that was at week 12. I, I still remember that massive week, uh, almost like it was yesterday, but AJ green. Um, I imagine there, you know, that era, I, I saw this on, on Twitter and it actually kind of made me sad. I'll be honest with you guys. When you saw that picture, it's like the end of an era where it was like Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, um, we had both Mannings on there and it was like the end of the era. Everybody's retiring. Well, a lot of these players that when you were 10, 12 years old playing Madden and you wanted that team and you customized your team and you got those players on your roster. So many of them are either retiring or declining or soon to be retiring. And AJ Green was, uh, was definitely one of those players. So um, I know Armin, you were trying to maybe test the waters to see if anybody was <laughs> in our one dynasty league. <laughs> Armin goes, yeah, AJ Green's on the trade block. And it's like, yeah, Armin, give me a fifth round pick and then I'll drop him for you. That's, hey. that's the only trade you might get done on this one. But uh, how many uh, how many teams, Zach, did you uh, did you have AJ Green on a lot of your teams there, or or was uh, he too too rich for your blood in that uh, high round? Well, I think I liked what you said there about like how dominant he was. Like from his rookie year in eleven up until seventeen, he was phenomenal. Uh, always one of the better wide receivers. Um, but I honestly can't recall ever having AJ Green on, on, uh, on one of my fantasy rosters. Um, certainly, uh, never in the first couple of rounds because back in up until like 15, I guess, like 2015, that is, um, running backs for King, um, there is no such thing as zero RB or wide receiver first round, um, but yeah, I, I can't recall ever having AJ Green on a roster, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's sad, I guess, to think about what you said in regards to the end of an era. Like these are the guys that I didn't grow up watching AJ Green. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, him playing in Cincinnati for the best part of his career, they weren't on TV all that much. But uh, these quarterbacks that are retiring these those were the guys that i grew up watching uh as a teenager so certainly a lot of memories uh i guess leaving if you if you uh think of it that way yeah you go back to their stats and like even like this last year in arizona what do you have 200 yards yeah 230 yards and you think like you watch this like all that is painful but you go back and look like he had six thousand yard seasons um he had his rookie season and then literally five in a row then the next year in 2016 he missed it by 40 by not even 40 yards then another thousand yard receiving season like he was so dominant um it's just one of those ones where you're passing the torch off and i've had that comparison and i think armin and i maybe we're having this discussion where the generations where that grew up on the tom brady and the aaron Rodgers and the peyton mannings and now we're seeing that passing the torch of the patrick mahomes the josh allen the joel burrow and that's the next group of quarterbacks that we're going to see coming through and same thing we have to pass on the torch of the Julio Jones and the AJ Greens and and those dominant wide receivers and now we got the Justin Jeffersons you know it's it's fun to see those 
those ebbs and flows, but we always forget um, how, how dynamic and how unbelievably talented those wide receivers were. Um, that's pretty much all the news we have. A few small things, nothing too crazy, I guess, but nothing that's going to eat up a lot of our time here. So um, we'll head into our fantasy awards and we had the awards last episode that we, uh, you know, we shared a little bit about the award. We shared the nominees and then we put it out onto the social media and had actually uh, a, a large influx of people come back and, and share who they thought. A couple of people even shared, you know, oh, I thought this guy, uh, he, he got snubbed on a nominee and not, not even getting mentioned. So uh, I'm sure it's just the same as the NFL awards when everybody has their own opinion on who, who should win. But at least we gave you the opportunity of the four that we thought, you know, fit the bill best. Um, and you guys were the ones who voted on that one. So, uh, without further ado, I suppose we'll, uh, we'll get things started with, uh, Armand and the, uh, biggest bust. All right. So biggest bust, the nominees to uh, remind you all was Russell Wilson, Debo Samuel, Alvin Kamara, and Kyle Pitts. And the winner is Kyle Pitts with 56% of the votes. Um, that's who I, uh, Oh yeah, biggest bust though maybe should be a boo. Yeah, I don't even have a boo queued up, so I'll have to just maybe skip that one. I got the sad yeah. trombone good enough. <laughs> um. Anyways, Kyle. There we go. There we go. Armin. There we go. You actually shall receive. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hype going in this season. People are drafting him super high, especially within the tight end category. And I think what separated him from the rest was that that big spread between where he was being drafted and where he finished. Um, Because uh, next closest was Debo Samuel. And even though Debo Samuel didn't finish that great, he at least on the games he was able to play did give you some fantasy points and gave you some relevance so you could start him still whereas Kyle Pitts you couldn't even start him when he was playing um Alvin Kamara and Russell Wilson as well um you could still kind of start get away with starting them maybe Russ not so much but Pitts you he became unstartable by the end of the season yeah I had a well he was hurt even there so I had a hard time with this one. I, I don't know about you, Zach, on where you uh, where you were thinking on this one, but I ended up going with Kamara just because he was a guy that you could put in your lineup every week. You couldn't sit him, and he would still hurt you, where Pitts, like, hurt you so long, and then he was hurt, and then he was done. But um, it, that, that was a two-horse race for sure. Uh, Pitts snuck that one out, uh, 56, I think, and Kamara had the next at, like, 30%, and then – uh, Debo and Russ kind of trickled in after that but where were you thinking of that one Zach? I actually voted for uh, Russell Wilson um, I was somebody that thought <clears throat> with all the the excitement in the offseason about him going to Denver him being united with the offensive weapons in Denver um, I think a lot of people are excited about him uh, during draft season and just seeing how absolutely poor he was throughout the entirety of the year. Um, I thought he would win. That was, he was my favorite for this award. Uh, speaking of uh, your favorite, I guess you got the uh, next one here, Zach, the waiver wire stud. So you might as well continue on here with, uh, <laughs> with the next award. You bet. So the waiver wire stud nominees were Taysom Hill, uh, Jacoby Myers, Geno Smith, and Jarek McKinnon. And, and to me, at least, surprisingly, the winner was none other than Geno Smith. 
Uh, Gino finished as QB six on the year. Um, and to me, why this was surprising was um, quarterbacks aren't often thought of as game changers in the fi- fantasy, da- fi- yeah, sorry, fantasy landscape, um, unless you are playing two QB leagues. And I think that's where Geno Smith really resonated with uh, fantasy players was in the, the two QB leagues. Um, but certainly a, a top six player at his position uh, was well worth the waiver wire acquisition that the lucky managers likely got in weeks one or two of the season. This one was a little bit different in comparison to last year. Like last year was Cordero Patterson where like you could pick up week one and he smashed almost the entire duration of the year where this year we didn't have that many guys where it was, you picked them up and they were just like a slam dunk. I think Geno Smith kind of fit that bill for the most part. Then you look at Jarek McKinnon. If you started him prior to what week nine, uh, you probably got zero points. If maybe one point Uh, Taysom Hill, if you started him, you either got 30 points or you got one point. There is seemingly no in between. And then Jacoby Myers, I think, was a little bit more on the consistent side. Uh, but same thing, kind of rode the roller coaster a little bit there with his own injuries and, and the struggles of that New England Patriots offense. So this one was a little bit uh, – I didn't know where exactly where it was going to go. I I leaned towards the Jarek McKinnon side because he had the biggest boom. But if you think about duration of the year where you can pick him up early and you hold on you play him consistently, I think Geno Smith definitely fit that bill. But I went Jarek McKinnon on that one. Armand, uh, where'd you end up going? I ended up voting for Jarek McKinnon too because of that big boom finish that he had and that he he was a later waiver wire grab pickup that most people would have had. But, you know, um, Geno Smith makes a lot of sense with what you said about him. You being able to start him all year long if you picked him up. Um, I know in the, the leagues that I drafted Russell Wilson because I bought the hype there. Geno Smith was the guy that I ended up having to plug in and play all year long because I couldn't trust Russ. So um, he was a big help to me definitely throughout the season. Um, even though I didn't vote for him, I, I definitely see why. And and I think he, he is very deserving of, of this award. A few people message in. The one honorable mention, maybe we should mention, is Jared Goff. I think he fit the bill very similarly to what Geno Smith brought to the table. I think just Geno Smith brought a little more consistency than what Goff had brought in, but uh, Goff definitely did bring some some big weeks as well. Uh, and then another one was Kenneth Walker. People wanted that one, but I had a hard time with that one because Kenneth Walker was drafted in almost every single league. Like he was drafted around that eighth, ninth round. Uh, if you if you're in any leagues with Armin, he was drafted probably in the fifth round. But <laughs> um, but then if you picked him up on waivers, it's because that owner dropped him. So I think there must have been a lot of leagues there. He either was dropped or you know or traded and but for the most part a lot of people held on to him so I had a hard time with that one but if you were in a league where you ended up picking up Kenneth Walker off the waivers and then most definitely he would have been your your waiver wire uh champion of the year so that's uh, there's a couple of names that were thrown out our way out a couple at least a few times I agree with you though Jordan I I think he doesn't quite meet the qualifications for waiver wire stud that we'd be looking for our next word here is the biggest week and I'm going to take care of the biggest week. And um, this one is, there's, a, there's I guess, two different avenues you can take. And is it you go after the biggest numerical week, even though it's in the regular season and it was a huge production, or do you go after the guy that had the biggest production in the fantasy playoffs? Because it has, you know, that's that big 
that big moment, defining moment for you as a, as a fantasy player. And this one was definitely down to a two-horse race. We had Joe Mixon uh, in week nine, Mike Evans in week 17, TJ Hawkinson in week four, and Josh Jacobs in week 12. Uh, and even though there was a little bit of love for Josh Jacobs and TJ Hawkinson, this was very much a two-horse race because Joe Mixon had the huge week at 53.1 points, the biggest week on the year. And then Mike Evans had the 47.1, but it was in your week 17 championship week. So I think those two things kind of got put into play. And this was very much a two horse race. And uh, the winner of this award this year, much the same as last year when Jamar Chase won it for week 17 performance, Mike Evans won this one with 40% votes uh, because of his major performance in week 17. So um, I don't know. I, even though I owned Joe Mixon and played Joe Mixon in that week, uh, we had that monstrous week. I still put Mike Evans as uh, the biggest week just because of, you know, the, what was on the line. And if you put Mike Evans in your starting lineup in week 17, you got a set of stones because he was really bad in week 15 and week 16. So uh, Zach, where'd you end up uh, going on this one? I also voted for Mike, uh, Mike Evans. I don't, uh, I don't blame anybody if they voted for Mixon or, or either the or either of the other two, but uh, Mike Evans in the most important uh, week of your season. If you started him, I'm sure you uh, you were well on your way to a victory there. Armin, are you following trend here? Did you kind of steer the ship a little different? I went a little bit differently from you guys. I went Joe Mixon, um, and I did take into that week 17 into account. But what really made me solidify my thoughts on Joe Mixon being the, the guy for me on this one is he put up that 53 points in pretty much just one half and then was benched for the rest of the game. And I really want to know what he would have put up had he been able to play the whole game. Yeah, so does my fantasy team. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's a fun one. Uh, I enjoyed this one last year because I got to crown my Detroit Lion as, uh, as one of the champions. So uh, I enjoyed doing this one, the playoff hero. Uh, much the same as we kind of talked about Mike Evans solidifying you in that championship week, even though he he would have never never got you there. Uh, but we're doing the playoff hero, and the playoff hero was that one, you know, the through the three weeks, the 15, 16, 17 weeks uh, that really got you over the hump and solidified your championship. So in this one, we had Jarek McKinnon, uh, we had C.D. Lamb, we had Austin Eckler, and we had George Kittle. And uh, I'll be honest, this one was really close race, C.D. Lamb. Didn't get a whole heck of a lot of love in this one. Uh, this was definitely a race between Jarek McKinnon, Austin Eckler, and George Kittle. And um, I was I, I was surprised by who won this one. And I'm curious to see if you guys agree with me. But uh, the winner of this year's uh, Playoff Hero Award was George Kittle with a total of 39% of votes. So obviously knowing 39% uh, between a four, uh, four voters, 39% is not a lot. And definitely when this was split between the three others, uh, and not so much C.D. Lamb, but uh, I think what goes into this maybe is the fact that George Kittle really struggled down the stretch, and and he uh, he definitely rolled the roller coaster of lack of performance, and then really when it got to that time to to turn it up, the Brock Purdy production with George Kittle was was very much what you needed to get over the hump. So um, I don't know, is this are you guys uh, were you guys a little bit uh, surprised by this one? Like, where, I guess where did you vote? I I personally voted Jarek McKinnon because I had McKinnon. Uh, he was one of those, you know, 
you have a solid roster already, you end up getting him and he gets you over that hump big time. So that's, that's where I went with my vote, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. You want to go first, Darwin? Yeah, sure. I, I voted Jarek McKinnon as well. Um, to me, yeah, it was that defining thing of you got guys that you, you started all year long and then you got Jarek McKinnon that put you over the hump and could have won you the league. Whereas like Austin Eckler, 17, RB 17, not very great. Right. Um, not what you expect from him week in week out. And then RB four and RB one, which is more of what you would expect. Um, and then George Kittle gives you tight end one, tight end two, which is what you'd expect, but then tight end 12, bad performance, right? Whereas Jarek McKinnon, even getting you RB21, that's in the RB2, three range, depending on the size of your league. Um, that's more than when you, you originally got him that you're expecting to get from him or that people were expecting to get from him from the beginning of the season. And so it comes I down think to that's... Oh, sorry, go ahead, and, okay, and I th- I think that's where where it really separates for me is in the playoff hero format. I'm curious if it comes down to you know the positional advantage that the tight end brings, maybe. But uh, Zach, where were you going with that one? Um, all great options. I actually didn't have a vote on this one. I uh, let it pass me by on the uh, on the form, but I I think I would have voted for likely uh, Kittle actually. Um, even though he had the fewest points of the four, um, looking at the, the finishes per week, uh, of the four Kittle had the best average one, two and 12 compared to, uh, McKinnon one 21 and six lamb one 11 and 15 and Eckler 17, four and one. So, and then Kittle did do it for a lot of people. Uh, he likely got them to. The championship game with those ones and with the uh the number one week and the number two week and then hopefully they were able to make up for the difference there uh with his poor week there in the finals yeah that's a good point well there you go now you got the inside track there from all the kittle kittle managers where me and armin are sitting there pondering zach at all the answers uh <laughs> next word here we got zach taking care of this one it is the draft day sleeper so uh zach you take us away um, so I'm actually surprised at the at the results of this one, not at the winner, but at the percentage that they won it with. Um, and the nominees that we had were Jamal Williams, Devonta Smith, Josh Jacobs, and Justin Fields. And the winner was uh, Josh Jacobs. And not to me, not surprising at all, considering he was picked as the 22nd running back off the board but finished as the third running back on the season. Um, I'm just surprised that he received 65% of the votes. This was somebody that was going in the sixth, seventh round of drafts, and he finished as a first rounder. To me, that value is unquestionable, and uh, it should have, I think, cemented his spot on that list. Yeah, there was uh, quite a bit of love. And this is even we talked about this during our last episode, I thought, uh, Devonta Smith was going to get a lot of love in this one too, just especially what he did down the stretch in the last half of the season. Uh, and I think I was kind of right on that track, but Jamal Williams got quite a bit more love than I anticipated just with maybe because of uh, literally he was a free square, like for a lot of leagues, he was either <laughs> undrafted or was just in that last couple, you know, 10, 11th round dart throw and, and ended up being a huge production. So um, Armin, is that who you voted for yet as well was Josh Jacobs? 
Yeah, I voted for Josh Jacobs, but really like this draft day sleeper category, I, I am surprised at the 65% because it's kind of more like our waiver wire stud from last year where we had a bunch of guys that were great candidates for it. Whereas this year, the draft day sleeper had a ton of guys like all those guys are, are really worthy of this award where if you drafted them, you were super happy to have them all year long with Stevenson, William Smith and Jacobs and even Fields there. Um, so, you know what, like the honorable mention to all those guys, because if you drafted them, awesome. Uh, Jacobs, I think, was, yeah, the best, especially seeing this. Like a lot of people thought he was done. He came, was coming off a bad year where he was being drafted a little bit higher. And then he his draft stock fell so much and he just proved everybody wrong this year. Oh, yeah. And now I would say probably the, the, the I would say the vote that was the most close. Like there, there was, um, there was a lot of uh, fun votes that were happening in a, in a two horse race, three horse race, and a few. Where this one, the all four players got a lot of love. Uh, there was like, honestly, <laughs> it, it, I couldn't believe when I was counting the votes up. I was like, this is this is coming right down to the finish. So Armin, uh, the fantasy MVP, the last award, and the one where people go and buy jerseys after the performance when you have some of these players on your team so um very much so that all four of these could have been a deserving candidate but uh, maybe you'll be able to share on who our 2022 champion was all right so our mvp nominees were jalen hurts josh jacobs justin jefferson and austin eckler rounding it all out and the winner for this year's fantasy mvp of the 306 fantasy podcast is the one and only i just got a psa 10 card of him delivered in the mail yesterday jalen hurts um, uh, he got 36 percent of the votes he's going to the super bowl um, that might be a little bit of, uh, where some of the extra love came from. Cause honestly, I was a little surprised seeing a QB win it this, this year, especially when he, he didn't make a huge jump, but he did put up lots of points, but he wasn't even QB one on the season. Um, but he did get a little bit of value based on, he was being drafted as QB six. Um, I voted for Josh Jacobs personally, just because of that jump. And that high finish, you know, like some of those guys that those draft day sleepers didn't qualify as fantasy MVP because they weren't top tier in their position, even, but they were like pretty good, right? But Josh Jacobs finished real high after being drafted real low. Um, Justin Jefferson, again, makes sense. Like, didn't he didn't give you a huge positional advantage, even though he was wide receiver one. Um, but uh, he he did put up a great fantasy season as well. And then Austin Eckler finished about where he was drafted as well. So um, Jalen Hurts is very deserving because he did make that, that jump up, that extra step this year. And I guess if you also look at the drop from QB3 to QB4, I believe it was a pretty big drop at that point. So you're kind of in, in the last little bit of the elite QBs for fantasy purposes, at least when you when you had Jalen Hurts. What plays in this too, I think, is the fact that he missed the last couple of games of the season too. Like if he wouldn't have missed those games, I think he would have been a clear cut quarterback one, like the QB one, I think, if uh, all things considered. But 
Um, I also was the same as you. I, I went Josh Jake as well. Zach, is that kind of where you went? Yep, you bet. We were three for three on the Josh Jacobs train. And uh, I do agree, Armin. Uh, possibly this might be a kind of like a prisoner of the moment uh, effect where all eyes have been on Hertz for the past several weeks. So uh, very fresh on our memories. It'd be interesting to go into the like the stats of the teams that won their fantasy championship or at least like made playoffs where if you had those two players on your team, like what was the percentage if you had Hertz on your team and you had Jacobs on your team, what was the percentage of those teams that made playoffs? Because all things to consider, kind of like Armin is mentioning, draft capital is a major contributor to being a fantasy MVP. Like you expect those round ones and twos to smash. That's why I think Austin Eckler and Justin Jefferson didn't get as much love, even though Jefferson had an unbelievable season. He did get a lot of love in this vote. I just considered a two horse race and that's kind of where it ended up going. But um, I, I think both of you hit the nail on the head where <clears throat> they both had a good value though, but the quarterbacks, you can find additional value where in that sixth, seventh round, it's hard to find that value on a running back. And that's kind of where my consideration went to. But when you think of those teams that made it to the fantasy playoffs and, and, well, not necessarily fantasy championship. You couldn't rely on Hurts in the championship because he didn't didn't play in the playoffs there. But uh, I think it's uh, I think this one, you know, I, I'm not going to say it was a bad decision that Hurts won because I think he was very deserving. I just think that my opinion, I think it was Jacobs, but it was a difference of I honestly think it was like three or four votes. Like it was wow. very very close. Yeah, very very close. Um, but that wraps up our uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy not only the MVP, but all our fantasy awards for the 2022 season. Um, and obviously, you know, if we if we had uh, a column where we could give uh, an additional award to, I think it would be uh, to the 2022 uh, charity uh, charity bowl and everything else that we've got to help contribute. Uh, that's our major sponsor that really helped make this all happen. So 22 fresh uh, with addition of the promo code through six FFB 15. And everything they've got to uh, give to us to help us make this fantasy season and, and all of our charity work possible. So I want to give a, a sincere thank you to 22Fresh. And, and obviously, we've been saying it all year that if you want to get into some 22Fresh gear, hats, hoodies, sweats, uh, shorts, uh, cutoffs, all these types of different uh, clothing, all comfortable, all stylish, uh, you can get 15% off with that uh, promo code as well, too. Uh, and I... I highly recommend the Booyah button-up shirt. I ordered one in the mail. It came in yesterday. I wore it to work today. Got so many compliments all day long on my shirt. Everybody loved it. Looked so fresh to death. Even one of my students, I, I took off my sweater that I was wearing over top of it. And he looks at me and he goes, you just cut me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And, he, and he's like, you're dressed so sharp. <laughs> did you at least use the promo code too, Armand, or what? Yeah, I did. I used our promo code and yeah, showed the pod some love with that too. So there we go. And you know what? Even if you miss out and you, you're thinking, ah, I don't want to, don't want to online shop. I don't want to spend any money. Hey, get down to the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl party coming up this weekend. 22 Fresh has got some door prizes. So you don't even have to spend any money. Come in, put your ticket in the door prize watch the Super Bowl and you got a chance to win some 22 fresh gear as well too. So uh, speaking of let's, uh, let's start talking some Super Bowl. And um, I, <laughs> this one is a tale of two stories and I'll maybe share where I'm going with that after, but uh, we got the Super Bowl, the one versus one. We talked about it uh, a little bit in the preview of last episode, but 
Uh, we've got Mahomes with a really injured wide receiver core taking on Philadelphia, coming off some injuries on themselves. But uh, Jalen Hurts, it did look pretty good in, in well, as much of an effort as he needed against San Francisco. Uh, but we got two really good teams taking each other on here with very, very similar uh, seasons. I looked at some of the statistics they had throughout the year, uh, yardage, uh, overall record. It was really, really close between the two of them. I think they even had the same amount of pro bowlers. Like it was, uh, you know, uncanny amount of similarities. <laughs> but uh, Philadelphia taking on Kansas City. We'll start this one off with Armin. Uh, who are you taking in this matchup? Fly Eagles, fly, baby. Um, maybe it's just also a little bit of bias here and hopeful thinking with that new uh, card, hoping it increases in value. Um, but uh, you know, I, I. I have a hard time imagining Casey's O-line standing up to that Philadelphia defense. And I think that's where the difference is going to be. Like you said, they're so similar. It's uncanny. Um, but I think in the trenches, Philadelphia has a little bit of an edge on them. And I think that's that's the most important place where you need the edge in, in the game of football that we love here. And so I think it's going to be Philly. Zach, uh, where are you going with this one? I uh, I got to go with Armin here. I think the Eagles will take it. Um, I think their offense is slightly higher, slightly more higher powered than the KC offense. And if this becomes a shootout, um, I don't know how KC keeps up with it. And uh, that's not to say that the defenses on either side are slouches, but uh, I, I think the advantage goes to the Philly defense as well. And I think when you look at it, the only position where there's a clear cut advantage in my mind at least would be the the tight end and uh i don't know if kelsey has it in him to completely take over that over the game but if he does take over the game i think that is uh casey's best shot well they they have what one healthy wide receiver currently like it's they're, <laughs> they're in deep uh i know there's like one got placed on the ir the other is doubtful and then there's two questionable so they're they're in rough shape um, I really want Philadelphia to win. Uh, same as kind of what Armin was talking about. I got some uh, Jalen Hurts rookie cards that uh, could skyrocket here in the next uh, week and a half. But uh, I just, I just have one of those feelings. I've been betting against KC this entire off season, or off season, this entire playoff run. Sorry, I bet Jacksonville trying to upset them. I had all my chips in there for Cincinnati to upset them. Uh, I just. I have a feeling that uh, Mahomes is going to come out and he's going to be able to get back to not to 100%, but as mobile as he needs to be in that pocket to try and create things happen. Uh, they're definitely the team with the more experience in the most recent uh, most recent run. I know Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. What was that five years ago? I'm trying to think now. Some of you maybe correct me four years ago, five years ago. Uh, but you would look at that team. That's a very drastically different team what they had uh, on their most recent Super Bowl run, where KC uh, has been down in the, was it Super Bowl three of the last four seasons? And obviously continuing a lot of uh, similar trends with that with that roster. Um, obviously, I'm, I am going to be cheering for, uh, for Philly, I think, in this one, but uh, I have a feeling that KC is going to be pulling this one out. And uh, you might see <laughs> why why my fan duel looks the way it is as we get started in that one. But, um, this one uh, is our last segment of the episode, and it's a little bit different than the last ones. Um, in the in previous weeks, we had several teams that you could take on. You had, uh, I think it's a total of eight different roster spots. But uh, in a game where there's only 
one team on each side uh, from each conference, there's not a lot of players you can pick from. So the way FanDuel operates is you have five roster slots and you have what's called a MVP. So you have your MVP and then four flexes and your MVP is worth one and a half points, uh, what it would normally would be worth. So, and uh, you want your MVP to have a really, really big week. Now, lots of people put the quarterbacks in there. They, they cost the most. Uh, they cost a little bit extra in those MVP slots. But uh, we'll see where everybody ends up going. And we'll, um, we'll start with the MVP. And you know what? Actually, the heck with it. We'll go, um, we'll go whole team. There's only five spots. So you can go the whole team. And uh, let's start with Zach because uh, we've already discussed this. Zach's the winner. Uh, Zach's the champ. He, uh, no matter what, no matter how bad he does, he's going to be the winner. And you know what? I actually looked back at it. Zach, you won this last year too. Last year was Zach, Zach in first, me second, arm in third. So I guess, uh, you know, Zach's a playoff performer and uh, he's going back-to-back champs here. So let's hear, hear what Zach's Super Bowl roster is going to look like this week. I uh, I filled this in last week already uh, when you sent the the link. And I felt so damn clever with the team that I made, uh, being able to fit all these pieces in. And now looking at what you guys did, I'm like, well, it's going, it's going to come down to like one player on each team, I think, in uh, swinging the game because we have so many similarities. Um, my MVP, my one and a half times player is Jalen Hurts at 17,000. Uh, and then my flex, they are Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey at 14,000, uh, Devonta Smith, uh, 11,500, Jarek McKinnon at 9,500 and Marquez Valdez Scantling at 8,000 and Marquez Valdez Scantling was who I was very proud of. I felt very clever for identifying him and, uh, Looking at both you guys, <laughs> kudos for you guys picking him as well because uh, <laughs> awesome, good job. Yeah, we uh, I guess great minds are thinking alike on that one, uh, Armin. So this is really come down to the uh, the battle of the two here. Um, so it's just really in a sense uh, me versus you. Winner winner moves on, loser spins the wheel, and and we're gonna try and figure out a way to do this live. But uh, Armin, you share you share your roster. All right. Well, before I do, I'm looking at a guy on yours that I think is going to be the difference here. Um, my roster is in my MVP spot. I put Jalen Hurts, so it went pretty vanilla. I went the QB there. Um, I decided on him over Mahomes because of the dual threat capabilities that he has over Mahomes, that he might get a few uh, rushing touchdowns and a few rushing yards that are a little bit more valuable than those passing yards and passing TDs. Um, and then my roster otherwise is AJ Brown at two twelve thousand five hundred, Travis Kelsey at fourteen thousand, Kenneth Gainwell at eight thousand five hundred, who we've been kind of pumping the tires on lately. So I thought might as well be uh put my money where my mouth is there. And then lastly, Marquez Valdez Scantland. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in this lineup. There's just one name on Jordan's that uh, that I'm looking at, and I'm like, you know what, uh, that's a pretty pretty good one considering he's the same price as, as Kenneth Gainwell. And I was like, hmm, Kenneth Gainwell could definitely get zero, whereas your guy is probably actually for sure putting up some points. 
but not lighting the world on fire. Setting the setting the floor. Not not necessarily the big ceiling, but definitely setting the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zach was doing his lineup though, just for fun. I thought I'd see if I could do a lineup with both Mahomes and Hertz in it. I already had set this lineup, so I'm not changing mine. But listen to this. This is actually this is money here. Jalen Hurts as the MVP still. Patrick Mahomes, Valdez Scantling, Devontae Smith, and then Sky Moore with all those injuries on the receiving core. Isn't he hurt too? No, he's listed as good. Oh, well, Tony's man. hurt. Yeah, Tony's hurt. Um, I tried to get one where I could have both the quarterbacks in there, and it I it was just too risky business for my blood. <laughs> I tried. You took the words out of my mouth there, I and mean, I was playing around with it and moving some pieces around, and yeah, I just was not super happy with the the way it was going to work out. But uh, seeing as I think Casey's going to win this game. Uh, I ended up going with Mahomes as my MVP. Like I said, I tried to figure out a way to get both of them. Uh, it just wasn't feasible. So I was obviously going to put the quarterback of the team that I think was going to win this game. So Mahomes at $500 more than Jalen Hurts. And I'll, I'll be honest, that actually did surprise me. Like uh, like Armin said, Jalen Hurts, the, the, dual, the dual aspects to him of that uh, Russian quarterback. I was surprised that Mahomes, even with being a little nicked up, was $500 more. But I did take Mahomes. Uh, much same as Zach and Armin, I took Travis Kelsey as well at that 14,000 uh, mark. Then uh, same as Zach, and this is kind of where the rubber meets the road between Armin and I, I took Devonta Smith, where A.J. Brown has a huge game. Uh, Devonta Smith is the only player I have uh, from the Eagles. So the Eagles score, I'm really banked on the fact that Smith, if not uh, both their rosters benefits and mine is going to be hindered there at 11,500. And then uh, – much the same as all three of them. I have uh, Marcus Valdez Scanling there at 8,000. And uh, with 9,000 left, I left 500 on the table and I took an $8,500 purchase of Harris Bucker from uh, the kicker from the, uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. He, um, it seems to be in a Super Bowl. You usually get that slow start out of the gates, get a couple uh, field goals, maybe a PAT, or maybe uh, Casey gets out to a nice juicy early lead and they're trying to, you know, just put, keep putting points up on the board when you get some field goals. So uh, I thought this might be uh, an interesting one. And kind of like what Armin said, uh, the, the ceiling's not super high, but the floor is definitely consistent. If Casey scores a point, he's getting, he's getting a point as well there too. So um, I was playing around a little bit. I thought even maybe putting in both kickers, um, but uh, I just, you know what? I just kind of looked at this roster and thought, Hey, I, I think Kansas City is going to win. I want all opportunities to get Kansas City's points and then uh, just bank on hopefully if Philadelphia scores, I at least get one of those. That's an absolute nightmare, though, if Isaiah Pacheco punches one in and my entire team gets zero points other than the PAT unless they end up going for two or something ridiculous. But that's uh, that's nightmare fuel. We're not going to talk that one into existence. So, <laughs> uh, Like I said, this one's going to come down to Armin and I here. Zach's the champ. Uh, who's going to be the big loser? We'll end up finding out at the conclusion of the uh, Super Bowl, so um, I guess a couple closing remarks. Maybe uh, I'll I'll go with a couple here, and if you guys have anything, just feel free that you can jump on after. So we're hoping that we really see you guys down at the uh, charity event. This is obviously an opportunity for us to get together with the people that listen to the podcast year round. So it's, uh, it's the way that we put you know the cherry on top. We wrap it with a bow. The the NFL season, the fantasy season. And it's a fun way to not only enjoy the game, like you probably are going to anyways, whether it's at home or whether it's at a buddy's house or you're going out uh, to a restaurant or a bar or something like that. It's an opportunity to enjoy the game, but we're also doing uh, great things for, for charity. And 
and we've, so we've kind of taken on, you know, Saskatchewan Helping Saskatchewan. We're a Saskatchewan podcast, and we always try and give back to a Saskatchewan charity. And uh, Jim Patterson Children's Hospital is one of those ones that this year we just thought was so fitting, uh, especially Armand uh, with, with a child, with two children, uh, myself with, with one on the way, and, and so many of our families uh, that we teach that are impacted by, uh, by you know, this various amounts of, of, of need from the Jim Patterson Children's Hospital. So uh, we're looking to surpass what we did last year. You know, we've got $2,000 to kids sport. We're really hoping that we can, can go above and beyond that. And there's still two big ways you can do that. It's the charity, uh, the charity props, Super Bowl challenge. And then also just being at the event and buying 50, 50 tickets, buying raffle tickets, heck even, you know, buying a beer or, or a spinach dip, you know, there's ways that you can contribute to charity and, and it's in, in a way that we can all kind of do it together and, and come around the game of football. And that's kind of, that's kind of uh, what it's all about. So I'm hoping we see you all there. If not, um, I, I've had this reached out to us on our social before. You know, I I want to I want to I want to you know contribute in some way. Can I buy raffle tickets? If I'm not there. Can I buy 50-50 tickets? If I'm not there. Can I just donate money? You know, there's there's those different avenues. There's a way to donate on the the uh, Jim Patterson Children's Hospital website. You can reach out to us. You can e-transfer us. It's going to go to the same place anyways. If you want to try and get some raffle tickets, those types of things, uh, we can try and make that happen as well for you as well too. So um, we're kind of putting the, the bow on it, I guess. It's just an opportunity for us to uh, give to the people in need and, and while doing something that we love. So anything you guys have to uh, add in here before we wrap this one up? I think that's a, a awesome way to end it. Come out to the Super Bowl party and, and support a good local Saskatchewan charity. Yeah, anything, Zach, to, uh, to add? I uh, couldn't have said it better myself there, JC. Uh, I would just add, celebrate responsibly uh, this weekend. Uh, as always, don't drink and drive. Yeah, so that's a good one as well, too. I think, uh, unfortunately, here in PA, we don't have Uber, but uh, we got the taxi cab numbers written up on the board, uh, up on the wall there, so we'll be able to get everybody safe home. And last year, we had a couple of DVs, which was awesome as well, too. But um, just a final remark here, I suppose, as we conclude the Super Bowl, we'll have one final episode. Uh, that's kind of the recap of the Super Bowl, you know, the reactions, stuff like that. And then we're going to prepare ourselves for the offseason. And as per usual, we take a, a much needed break there uh, after a grind of an NFL season, it feels like sometimes. And we'll get a two week hiatus and then we'll be back with our uh, our offseason prepper episode, which we start talking about a little bit of free agent frenzy before uh, before the legal tampering period opens up. So um, I guess thanks for listening to episode number 80. Uh, hope to see you all down at the uh, Super Bowl party at Rock Trout Event Center. Uh, if you need some more information or have any questions, feel to reach out to us on social media. And uh, I guess we're for, for one last time on the fantasy football season, the NFL season. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.